0: Hello and welcome into episode 49 of the Stomp the Bus Show and after a chaotic Friday morning the Sun Devils are actually officially in the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host Mark Harris alongside me is Colton Dodgson and we're just going to try to you know talk about what happened over the past uh, just in the process of ASU actually getting into the Big 12 and how that all went down and the uh, the wonderful comments made by our athletic leadership uh, shortly after. So, it's been a wild ride. When we recorded uh, last Thursday night, you know, it seemed like it was like a ninety nine percent chance ASU was going to go to the Big Twelve, and that's what ended up happening. But the road to get there was a little weird.
1: Yeah, it was a little wonky. I remember right before we we ended our show on Thursday. I told you I had like an inkling of of anxiety about the whole thing because if uh, if Michael Crow had a window to to pull out of this or to um, go down with the sinking ship that was the Pac-12, he would have happily done it. Right. Um, and when we got the update yeah. that Oregon and Washington um, were considering, because it seemed like their move to the Big Ten was a done deal, and then it wasn't, and then it was. But in that window of just kidding, we're not going, and actually we are going to go. And it was like, okay, we're we're stuck. ASU is not leaving if Oregon and Washington are staying, um, which was which was cause for concern. It was like, uh, you know those those winning ch- the win charts on like baseball it's games. Been, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was it was fluctuating like crazy. So, That's true. Um, yeah, glad it got done. We we finally have that stability we're going to be able to watch ASU on on ESPN Plus and and things like that which is which is way better than having to uh, find find a, a stream east or something of the sort to watch uh, Oregon State ASU uh, at 12:30 on a on a November Saturday or whatever it is. So uh, we're we're entering a new era. I guess next year we'll be entering a new era. Um, of of visibility and accessibility
0: yeah totally um yeah i mean with just with talking about crow i mean he and we're going to talk about his comments uh in a bit but his comments that he made the next day on saturday morning like you could tell he did not want to join the big 12 he did not i mean this whole this whole process like since last uh, June 30th, when the L.A. schools left, there was, like, Michael Crow, Ray Anderson, they were like, no, we're in the Pac-12. Like, <coughs> they, they weren't even entertaining at the way Colorado and Arizona were. Um, and it just kind of – look, I mean, if, if you're a Washington State fan, an Oregon State fan, Cal, Stanford, Michael Crow, like, he didn't want to leave. <laughs> you know, like, we basically only left because every – like, we, we had to. Left. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's not how the fan base wanted to go. I mean, I saw Ralphie tweeted out, have you seen the meme of the, uh, it's not a meme, but it's a video of a uh, large woman, uh, kind of ungracefully falling and like trying to jump into a lake. Uh, but it's, you know, kind of trips that she's falling and it's just very awkward. And it's like ASU and Utah going to the Big 12.
1: genius, <laughs> you know? Mark, I feel like I saw it. There you go. Your, your use there of you imagery go. there was, was impeccable.
0: Yeah. But it was an uncomfortable process to get into the Big 12 for ASU. Like, there's no a lot of Big 12 fans, like, are kind of don't even want us in the league because of how you know, how resistant we were to it, how kind of unenthusiastic. I think that's the best word to use is unenthusiastic, because I mean you yeah. see like BYU like all, all the uh, former group of five schools that have joined the league and Colorado as well they were pretty like the whole time it's like they, they were yeah, excited that's... to get there and we're just like why couldn't the Pac-12 work
1: all right yeah well. <laughs> yeah like we were the, uh, the big 12 was kind of like the backup plan like a, a school absolutely. with the prowess and the athletic uh, stature of ASU gets to look at a conference like the big 12 and be like, I guess we'll join you. Um, But that's kind of how it felt, man. Is like, I, I, yeah, as a, as a sports fan, right. Being a fan of ASU athletics is so difficult because of how little it seems or maybe not how little administration cares, which could very well be the case, but how tone deaf and unaware they seem to be yeah. and how it, it feels like it doesn't take somebody with all of the degrees that Michael Crow has to be able to make some of these decisions you know what I'm saying like yeah. I I do not understand the thought process and then his his um I was I was listening to Arizona Sports I think it was Bickley and Murata and they were reading um his or, or they played his audio, his audio from some press scrum when he okay, was talking so, about the last. Did you hear this when he talked yeah, about so, okay. Apple as some sort of Star Trek? Oh my god! Did you hear that?
0: Yeah, he was like, oh Which it's like a good...
1: great, a great futuristic reference to make is is Star Trek. Yeah,
0: yeah. He called it like a 23rd century Star Trek type technological experience. And I'm like, dude. Like, first of all, streaming already exists. Okay. Yeah. And so it, for a it's
1: long a time. so therefore it's a twenty first century invention. Twenty yeah, century would that be like two thousand three? Because century no century is hundred years, 20, right? It would be the twenty. It would be two hundred years from now. Okay, so we're it's looking. Always,
0: it's always. It's always one more. So instead of last like, decade, last century was considered the twentieth century, even though it was the nineteen
1: hundreds. Okay.
0: So the first so century okay. was like.
1: I'm you know. just trying to wrap I mean, my head around like how far in the future Michael Crow thinks this is when it's literally happening right now. I know.
0: Well, that and it just doesn't make
1: any sense. Again, that's
0: just it's an old guy comment made by an old guy. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like
1: it's just surreal.
0: And it's <laughs> weird because my my grand my grandparents are like in their early 80s. They they don't think of streaming as like. Oh, wow. Like, this is crazy. It's like, dude, it's like, it's not that anyway. Um, but that shows you like his mindset of this.
1: Yeah. No, we, we really needed to unpack that because it was just, I heard it and I, I, my mind was, was blown. I could not believe that that came out of his mouth. And honestly, in theory, the things he were, he was talking about sounded pretty cool. Like being able to, I mean, go back and like, watch things if you missed them or have access to all of the whatever all of the features that would have come with it sounded interesting but at the same time you know you you don't really want to put all of your content behind like some sort of streaming service right like well that's what he wanted to do yeah that's what he
0: wanted to do and oregon and washington made the decision for him like let's be 100 percent clear about that like and he mentioned that they didn't even show up to the meeting, um, which is interesting to me, especially, you know, being from Washington, the Wazoo president said he was like shocked that they didn't sign and didn't show up. And to me, I'm like, dude, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be shocked. Like you should, you you should have expected this to at least be like a 10% chance of happening. Um, I'm not going to get into all that, but like Michael Crow wanted to stay in the Pac-12. There's it sounded no... like
1: it was extremely close. Have you heard all of the 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 sound bites on how close a deal actually was up until yeah. oh, ASU left?
0: It was yeah, based on the reporting, like it seemed like it was very it like Utah would have stayed. Um there's there is debate about whether Arizona was already out or whether they would have stayed. But their president look, their president said they would have stayed if Oregon and Washington stayed. So who knows how that could have worked out. I, I think you look selfishly. Like, I think this is going to work out. I, I think this is a good move for us. You know, yeah. I think even though our administration made it begrudgingly, I think it is a good move. Um, and it's just like, it's, it, it is funny how these little things can change so quickly, but no, that that media scrum you're talking about that happened on Saturday morning football practice it was, like, a super, like, super hastily planned, um, which maybe that's because they just didn't want that many media people there, and they kind of just wanted to get it out of the way. Um, and,
1: right, you know, Michael this, Curl, The move was announced on Friday, right?
0: Yes, yeah, that okay. it was official on Friday. Okay. But, like, on Friday morning, it was not official, you know? Yeah. So, um, it's... We're here, and, you know... I I, look like Michael Crow and Ray Anderson aren't going to be at ASU forever, but right now it's like, man, like, it's just everyone can see in clear light that like these guys are not good at like Michael Crow is not good at anything athletics related. And then like, that's how Ray Anderson gets
1: hired. So I think I've heard you say Michael Crow and Ray Anderson aren't going to be at ASU forever probably 15 times in the last three weeks. So I what know. I want you to do is put that in the description of every episode until <laughs> one of them is gone. And just, then once that one leaves, if they're not yeah. gone at the same time, then just leave it. Just manifest because, it. It's the, yeah. So then you don't have to mention it every show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just trying to save you some time.
0: Oh, man. I, I have to tell
1: myself it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame yeah. you. Well, after I mean, this whole debacle, it's been like, yeah, even even the people, the the select few, who are at least tolerant of them, can't be very. Their patience has to be wearing wearing thin. Yeah. after this whole this whole uh, situation. Well,
0: and with Crow, I mean, he look, we we called him the ultimate Pac-12 truther. He was, you know, Cartman wrote about him being quote, dragged to the finish line on Thursday night. It it all kind of played out, like, how Michael Crow... Like, it, it was all very on-brand for Michael Crow. And then, obviously, we mentioned the stupid Star Trek comment, <laughs> which, like, side tangent, like, Star Trek isn't even that, like, popular right now. I was going
1: to say, people. what a topical yeah. reference. To yeah. Um,
0: if he had said, like, Star Wars, that would have made a little bit more sense just because it's a bigger
1: brand but anyway he, um, he should hire you as his writer oh yeah so you i'm sure i sure love so you
0: colleagues.
1: can write all his references for him yeah
0: <laughs> just yeah just like give out references to random people
1: your references are off the hook everybody knows that mark yeah
0: well the problem is most of my friends are involved in sports and so i don't know how could a reference from michael crow would actually go in any sort of sports arena um But in that press conference we're mentioning on Saturday morning, it was just clear that like he couldn't even fake like enthusiasm. It was like, man, like Oregon and Washington didn't show up, so I guess we're here, and uh, we 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 really like the media deal that was from Apple and all this. And it's like, look, like, and if I didn't watch Utah's, uh, they had a press conference on Monday. Their school president and AD. They were basically in the same boat as us. Like, they did not want to go to the Big 12 because of the BYU stuff. I don't even know the whole story behind it, but they didn't want to go to the Big 12. And unlike Michael Crow and Ray Anderson, they had the professional press conference, fielded questions, just kept it very down the middle, very buttoned up. Whereas we do it hastily outside of the football bubble on a Saturday morning. And Ray Anderson, by the way, wasn't even wearing any ASU gear. He had an Adidas T-shirt and an Adidas hat on. So in, like, the biggest move maybe in ASU athletics history, he doesn't even come to the press or wearing, like, one ASU gear. It's just like – and then, of course, the comments he made about Morgantown.
1: Oh, yeah. Those went over real well. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Now um, and now we have
0: another rival in the Big 12, Colton. I mean, now – I all guess
1: the- – Yeah. He already soaked the fire, and I guess Gene Boyd already has his plane ticket booked.
0: Yeah. Whatever no. that
1: trip is gonna be. Just it sounds like something that you would say, like a like a joke
0: that you wouldn't make when you're sober, but you've had like a couple beers and you're at a party and then you're like, oh blah, 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 and then someone hears it who shouldn't have heard it. And except the difference is Ray Anderson was like, you know, stone sober on a Saturday morning. He's like, Oh, I won't be going to Morgantown. Like as just, far as we know, right? Hey, well, yeah, um, <laughs> it's just like I get the like I get the point that he was trying to make and I don't like I honestly don't think it was malicious in any way. I think it was just stupid.
1: I think guided. honestly, yeah, I think you're right. I do feel like it was a very, um, a very poor job at like shining a light on how far it is. Maybe. Right. Like, I I feel like – but it's so strongly worded. I promise I'm not going to Morgantown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that's just not a way to make friends. Not that you need to make friends, right? Oh, Arizona State VP says he called West Virginia AD to apologize for his comments.
0: Yeah, that was earlier this week.
1: Yeah.
0: Because the AD – tweeted out a picture of, like, I don't remember what the uh, tweet was, but it had a it was, like, a beautiful picture of, like, the West Virginia
1: hills. Oh, yeah, it's, 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 I see that, that now. Yeah. It just
0: came up, yeah. W- w- what did the tweet say from Red Baker?
1: There are two kinds of people in the world, people who love West Virginia and people who haven't been here. <laughs> it also says Baker oh made Anderson promise he would visit Morgantown many times over the next few years. It's a beautiful, beautiful college town, Anderson said. I look forward to visiting. Um, So he really switched up on that. Yeah. But it's,
0: you know, the toothpaste is already out of the tube. Like everyone's going to remember that. And like if he had made a little quip about like, oh man, like maybe I won't go to some of the East Coast uh, games sometimes, that that would still be like, you shouldn't say it. Like there's really no point in even bringing any of that up at all. But to single out a specific town, yeah, <laughs> I'm specifically Morgantown. I'm not yeah. going there. It's like, for dude, sure. like,
1: oh my gosh, and like. But I mean, that does that does bring up a good point. Is like that's gonna be a very long trip for a, a conference oh, game. For sure. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Uh, that will be. Uh, that's probably more what he was referring to. Is the, the length of the trip? Absolutely, but no,
0: absolutely. It just
1: still. it came out. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: it came out wrong. And the thing is, like you are the athletic director and like you have a huge, like, it's not like you're a, like the the linebackers coach of ASU being like, Oh, it's going to be tough to get to Morgantown or the tennis yeah. coach, you know, like that's one thing, but you are the literally like the second most important person in, in ASU, ASU athletics.
1: Right. Um, he didn't say um, anything about UCF. No, exactly.
0: Um, and the other thing is like, I've thought about this a little more, like, ASU really isn't that bad off, like in all the conference realignment, now that's all kind of settled, uh, unless something happens with the ACC, ASU really didn't get off that bad in terms of like travel, you know, like most of the travel for ASU is going to be not that bad, because Arizona's close, Utah schools aren't that far, far, Colorado isn't that far, Texas Tech is not that far, and then all the Texas schools aren't that far, Oklahoma State, not that far.
1: Both the Kansas schools, not that far. Iowa State,
0: a little further. But Iowa State would be the longest
1: trip outside of Cincinnati, West Virginia, or UCF.
0: What is? Oh, Iowa State. Yeah. Yeah,
1: because of it's more northeast. But if you're looking at, I mean, all of the schools, they're kind of just clumped together right there. Right. Um, a couple states over. So the travel isn't terrible, and I'm sure, uh, with you know however they'll work out scheduling they won't schedule cincinnati west virginia and ucf in the same year oh for for arizona or utah or whatever
0: yeah asu will go to the east coast for football and probably for honestly most of its other sports like one time per year Mm -hmm. because it has to maybe twice some i even doubt twice like honestly probably just one time per year um and going to Iowa State, like, that's going to be a little further. And, you you know, obviously the weather is going to be a concern there. But, you know, it's like going to Pullman, going to Corvallis. Like, it's not like those trips are super quick either. So right, um, right. it's just in, like, just thinking about it, like, you look – like, if you're one of the, uh, you know, former Pac-12 schools in the Big Ten, like, unless you're on the West Coast, it's a long haul, you know? Mm-hmm. that's not how it is for asu like a- asu to tcu like that's not bad at all asu to baylor or houston or like yeah some of these you'll have to like fly somewhere and get on a bus but like it's not going to be that bad
1: you know and they'll like, still they'll still have to come to you you know what i'm saying like correct correct West virginia is still gonna have to fly to tempe at some point and play in in uh what's it called mountain credit out in america there you go Stadium. whatever it's called now right uh, um yeah.
0: I was seeing a lot of people be like, "Oh, they got a first first game of the 2024 season, Brett Yormark has to schedule ASU at West Virginia, first Big 12 game." And I was like, "Hey, I would much rather go to as an ASU fan, I'd much rather the team go to West Virginia in late September than in November." <laughs> so, yeah. If you're going to schedule that, 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 that game, have out. it have it uh have it in uh, the early fall of West Virginia. I'd rather have that. Um, it's just, oh my gosh, like, and the thing that people need to realize too, like, especially people in leadership is like big 12 fans as a whole are more passionate than Pac-12 fans. You know what I'm saying? As, as a collective, they like, there's just more, it's in a lot, in some of those States it's They don't have any pro teams, um, and other, you know, it's just overall more passionate than, uh, the average Pac-12 school obviously Utah like there are except exceptions but as we see with the Pac-12 like Cal and Stanford if I if I'm you know talk shit about Cal or Stanford on Twitter it's not going to be as it's not going to be as big of a deal as if it was K-State and uh, UCF or whatever so
1: um, and I hope that helps us out a little bit like I hope that helps this fan yes. base and like uh, rejuvenates it a little bit you know uh, there's there's so much tradition and, and culture at a lot of these schools in terms of um, just like the fan base you know right. so hopefully being in, in, a, in a conference where that is so much more not only prevalent but like celebrated than it was in the back right. 12 I, I, I hope that that makes the experience not only like traveling to some of these road games but these fans coming to uh tempe i hope it makes that experience even more enjoyable oh, i hope yeah. it's like those those fan bases kind of bring asu up a little bit who knows i think we have it's it's a fan base where i feel like the the diehards are very vocal but there's so few of them <laughs> For you ASU, know what I'm like yeah, yeah for ASU
0: I think so my thing with the ASU fan base is like I think that these last two years have been like the worst time to judge it because it was just the end stages of the Herm Edwards era and you know Herm Edwards coach or not like if a team is of three and nine quality like that's just so like I'm okay with that but it I I think this season will be a good test case of, like—
1: That's a good point. If
0: we go—if we're, like, a 6-6-level and quality team with Dillingham, I want to see what it looks like in the stands. And I'm not expecting—see, you don't have to sell out every game either. Like, sell out—just don't, like, look embarrassing in the upper deck. Like, have it be, like, 85% full, you know? That's that's fine for ASU. And you mentioned uh, fans coming— I mean, you you can bet a bunch of Iowa State fans will be here. That's a that's a pretty big school, and there's all you know, there's a bunch of snowbirds, BYU fans, Utah fans, they'll be here. U of A, I mean, yeah. that's obvious. And then I bet like some of the Kansas schools, and there will probably like even the Texas, like Texas Tech, definitely. Uh, so like it's there will be more opposing fan bases as opposed to when Stanford comes to town or Cal or uh, Oregon State. You know, like it's oh, it's going to be different. So yeah I good. I agree
1: with that for sure. I I think those fan bases are yeah, I, you bring up the point of like snowbirds and and things like that and I think that's something I hadn't even considered is like a lot of these these midwestern um these people like live out here for part of the year. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um and football season is probably that part of the year. So um a lot of those people will be right down the street as it is, so Hopefully. It's like when Washington
0: came to ASU. Like they would always have a good – Washington, Oregon, you know. Mm-hmm. Also snowbird uh, – people who are snowbirds are from those areas a lot of times. So um, it's, it's – I'm honestly like – you know, when we spoke last time, I was much more relieved like in the – just like, okay, we're in the Big 12. Michael Crow didn't screw this up um, <laughs> and accidentally get us in the Mountain West because of his – stubbornness Mm -hmm. but we're here we're in the big 12 and now that once the relief is kind of worn off like I'm thankful that we're here because this is like a. I think this could be a good like a good new era for ASU you know and it's not it's not going to be just because we're in the big 12 I think that the fact that like Dillingham is here also enhances that and he, he 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 made a mention at one of the recent practices of that they had a purpose of like we're going to recruit Texas because we might end up in the big 12. And that's, I mean, he's more forward thinking than our freaking athletic administration. So um, like, I, I would feel different if this exact move happened last year and it's like, Oh, we're getting, we still have to, like, we don't know who's going to be the head coach and all this, but like, yeah. at least having Dillingham and Hurley for that matter in place, it's like, okay, like ASU, like at the top, like it's clearly dysfunctional. Like these people, it's, Something that they say stupid comments and believe bad things about or misguided things rather about uh, TV networks and all this. But it appears that in the two biggest sports, we have at least competent coaching, Um, and that's gonna be
1: big. Speaking of coaches, you know what your new haircut kind of reminds me of a little bit. It's got some Todd Todd Graham. It's got some Todd Graham to it. Hey, it's because, dude. I'm going gray, bro. Yeah, well, it's it's the top because he used to just like it, it was so like short that it would just right. it would just hang out up there, and that's kind of what yours is doing a little bit. Maybe. So it's got it's got some Todd Graham to it. It's a far cry from the the grizzled, the long hair um, mountain man Morgantown <laughs> haircut that uh, you you presented to the I think that's more of a listeners in the past. I think that's more of a bolder
0: haircut, what I used to have.
1: <laughs> mm, okay. No, I can uh, see that, too. Yeah.
0: I, I do think it's funny. This is random, but, like, West Virginia is the Mountaineers, and now they're going to be in a conference where there's, like, where there's five teams that have way larger mountains right near them.
1: I think just a little geography note. Wait, which, which – okay, so obviously Utah. ASU and U of a as well. Really? We have bigger mountains in that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think the tallest –
0: I'm gonna look up the. T- I think the tallest point in West Virginia. It might not even be. It might be like 4,000 feet or something. And I think there are some of the McDowells are higher than that. Um, and that's Jeez. just. There are other ones too, like the ones in Tucson,
1: definitely are. And then Colorado. What would I, what would I have done without that information?
0: Hey, hey, you're talking to the 2008 and 2009 Washington State Geography B.
1: I forgot about your Geography B run. I know. I, I know Jeez, my. That's my That's a counts. throwback. Yeah. No, I'm going to look this up right now. Tallest point in West Virginia. I forgot you won the geography, B. Well,
0: I I didn't. So I made it to state in Washington. I didn't.
1: Oh, you don't want to steal any valor. I respect that. Uh, Of course (laughs) not. Wait, so like the white tanks are taller than any mountain in West Virginia? I don't think
0: it's the white tanks. Um, Okay, so the tallest mountain in West Virginia is called Spruce Knob um it is 4863 feet okay so maybe there's not any in the phoenix like in the direct phoenix area but there are many mountains in the state of arizona that are taller
1: than that that's for sure i i guarantee there is no other asu podcast that would bring you that information right
0: no other big 12 podcast
1: either oh yeah we're we're big 12 we're big 12 media now that's right that's right Oh, man. Hell, yeah. Have you been listening to,
0: like, some Big 12 stuff, you know?
1: Not really. I mean, it's just kind of happened. I'm, um, I don't want to get too excited because we still have another year before it's, like, a thing. That's you true. know what I'm saying? That's... So, it's, like, I don't want to get too into it. I'll, obviously, I always pay attention to, like, the Big 12 whenever I can, you know? Um, but not really. I try to watch as much as I can in general, but I haven't really – zeroed in on the big 12 much yet um i'm looking forward to being among the worst basketball teams in a conference though that'll be that'll be fun hey as asu fans we're used to that so but we're going from like a middling basketball team in the pac 12 to i a year where we're not bottom four is going to be like right what 16 now it's yeah. going to be a, a huge year for us if we're not immediately at the bottom. Yeah. The only thing with the the basketball for ASU is that
0: they have a lot more – they have less margin for error in terms of the standings. Like it's going to be a lot harder to finish. Uh, for, I don't know what our record was last year. I think it was like 23-11 and 11 at, by the end of it. But it's going to – so well, it will be much harder in that pers- perspective – but you also have way more leeway in terms of perception, you know, and I think we mentioned this on the last show of a loss, a Big 12 road loss won't hurt you as bad in the metrics and the bracketology and all that. So you might be able to get into that. Like, you know how those like these ugly ass Big Ten teams that get into the tournament at, like 19 and 13 at the end of the year, like you're in a good yeah. enough basketball league to do that, you know. So, yeah, that's that's a that good is point. The, that is the upside.
1: But it's that just that so basketball worse. league could become significantly better too. I had no idea that Gonzaga was talking to the Big Twelve.
0: Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been talking it, yeah. It's it been was that, on,
1: that that discussion was on hold until after the Pac-12 deal. It said yeah.
0: Could but you imagine
1: thing, Gonzaga in the Big Twelve? <laughs> yeah, dude, that would be it would be a meat grinder. It'd I mean, be a super conference. They would, would be they like would
0: arguably be, like the. What's funny is they'd be arguably like the fourth best program, too. Or maybe third, depending on where you
1: have Arizona. But obviously Hughes Kansas, there, Baylor. Baylor, Kansas. And this, yeah. I mean, Kansas no, State dude, went to the – It's going e- to yeah. <laughs> be tough. Yeah. West Virginia is always tough. there. I, I don't know what's going on with, with Huggins. Or Huggins? Yeah, I said that right. He's gone. He's gone now. Is he? I, I thought – Well, was he's like, not no, – I don't I think the school is going to let him come back. Okay, but there's going to be some issue with that, probably. Well, I'm sure he'll end up
0: coaching at, like, Liberty or something. I mean, that's where – Yeah,
1: the, the Rick Pitino route. Or just somewhere in the – I mean, if Chris Beard got a job.
0: Where's Chris Beard I, coaching again? He's at uh, Ole Miss. Oh, okay. So, we'll see. But, uh, I mean, a lot – yeah, with these coaches, you can just kind of fade away for, like, two years, and then people forget, and then you can – oh, it's – you know. So, anyway. Yeah. um. I'm excited to see how the schedule gets made up and how the, how divisions slash pods, like, how are they going to do it? You know? Um, I mean, with ASU, like, and that's another thing that we should be thankful for is like, we, we get to keep a lot of our like rivalries already, you know, obviously with U of A, Utah, we have a mini mini rivalry that's going to grow because it will pretty much have to. And BYU, like that's, that's a decent rivalry as well and i think we, i think we were in the whack with them you know a long time ago so there's some history there and there's a ton of lds uh, population in the valley too so that's a you know there's there's more of a asu byu rivalry than like asu cal you know mm-hmm. definitely so that's that's good and then obviously colorado and texas tech you have some history with as well so like I'm excited about playing those games, man. Like I know people. Yeah. Their,
1: their fans make those games insane too. Yeah.
0: And I know people talk, you know, talk shit about Lubbock and I've never been there, but like, just from a a travel perspective, like that's not, that's not like, you can fly in there from either Sky Harbor or the Mesa airport. Um, I mean, you have to buy tickets way in advance because it's not like there's all sorts of flights there, but like, it's not unreasonable. Like it's a big enough city that you can fly into and it's like not that far. And, um, I like that, that would be a cool place to check out. And, you know, it's just, it's just going to be, it's just maybe just that it's so new that it's like, oh, this is cool. Like we're doing all this, but, um, I'm just excited. I'm excited to see how it's going to, um, how they're going to set up the divisions and stuff or if they do divisions, you know, I've
1: seen people like I said throw about pods. That would be cool, but that would be and that would that would really help with the whole travel issue too, I oh, think. Yeah. I, I don't know how big of an issue that is at like an actual, you know, administrative or like leadership level. I'm sure it's not a huge deal. Um but if you go like east and west and then you play right. in your pod, you're not going then Ray Anderson probably doesn't have to go to Morgantown. So, oh man, that, that's that's something he he can stew on there. Such a great such a great introduction to our new I our know. new conference mates who literally like
0: took us in took us in when we were we as a you know, out in the cold administration out in the cold and were like bitching about coming. Oh, but you guys don't even have cable inside. Like we don't want to come in. Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like and we're gonna when you full come share to my too, house, when race. you come to my
1: apartment, and you're like, "Do you have snacks? Can I wear your clothes?" Exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's that's a classic Mark move. I don't have any clothes.
0: Okay, I'll I'll co I'll fess up to the snacks,
1: but the no, clothes. Dude, is- that one time when we were watching, it was the ASU U of A full court, the Desmond Cambridge shot, and I was like, oh, yeah. "Let's go, let's go out, let's go to Old Town," and you were like. Dude, I just I just rolled out of bed and came here. I I don't wow. have any clothes. I haven't even showered. Okay, yeah, that's you. Yeah, you, you left out
0: some context there, Colton.
1: Well, you I have to we, be ready. Anyway, we can
0: relitigate this at another hour. But overall, like, I'm just very very happy to be in the Big Twelve, and it's it's going to be interesting. And like, if I were like a Washington fan, Oregon fan right now, like, I would be happy to be in the Big Ten. But I'm like. It's a it's a step up in competition, and you're going to be flying across the country all the time. Yeah, and
1: you're the furthest team west. Of yeah. That.
0: Whereas in ASU, like we will fly across the country like once, and our and our non-revenue sports don't get screwed quite as bad, you know, because ASU softball to Oklahoma State softball, like, sure you'd rather just go play in LA or play in the Bay Area, but it's not that it's not that far either to get to oklahoma either so that's a that's such an added benefit like i just when you look at all the conference realignment stuff that's going on and just these weird wacky conferences of which the big 12 is one asu is like like i would so much rather be asu in this than ucf or cincinnati or west virginia cuz they're ucf's really on an island and then the other two are kind of on an island too asu is not on an island you know and it's and it's going to be great for recruiting. I mean, just having just being in Texas so often, you can hey, you can play in Texas whether you live in the Houston area, or the Fort Worth area, Austin, like anywhere in Texas. ASU is going to be playing down there often.
1: Yeah, it's so funny looking at the Big Ten map too because it's like every school in the Big Ten is is right in one plus crew. pretty central. Yeah. Cluster is what I'm looking for. Are like pretty centrally located to each other, and then you're gonna have USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington just across the country.
0: It doesn't even yeah, it doesn't look right when you look at the Big Twelve. So
1: weird. There's a cluster,
0: and like it's 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 a cluster of schools basically surrounding New Mexico, except not any schools actually in New Mexico, and then there's like three that are kind of off to the side.
1: But right. So okay, so if we're going. There's 12 teams in the big or 14 starting in 2024, right? There'll be 16 in 24. So well, 16. Okay. Yeah. Wait, hang on. I, I think well, I count, 14 I this
0: upcoming season because this is the last year of Texas. UCLA.
1: So. so 16. So if you're going eight and eight and you're adding let's say you go east and west, right? If mm-hmm. they end up doing divisions or whatever they do. If you're taking the teams that are furthest west, that would mean Wisconsin would end up as a Western Conference team in the Big yeah. Ten. Or a Western conference. Yeah, you know, just
0: just a quick little flight over the Great Plains and Rocky Mountains, you know. It's a no big deal.
1: Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. That is your Big Ten Makes, West yeah. division. Makes perfect sense. Um, We're the Big 12,
0: if, if they split it up. If they did West and East, you would put the five Western schools and Texas Tech, and then you probably put in Baylor and TCU as a Western division. That would be that would be a damn good division, man. That would be damn yeah. good.
1: Yeah, so, and it's not it's not too far fetched geographically no, either. No.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm just so it it's just like. Just the fact that like like I get that our administration doesn't really want to be there, but it's I'm just happy about it. And I think it's gonna you mentioned, you know, I I hope that this kind of rejuvenates life into our athletic department and just kind of gets it's tough because I don't know if anything like how is this gonna change for Michael Crow and Ray Anderson? Like they're still the same guys, but hopefully it has like an effect on the athletic department and the school in general like oh like this is cool like and like i, I guess another thing is like you have to keep up you know the uh, the desert financial arena as it currently is like it's not except it's not acceptable in the pac 12 but it's really not acceptable how it is in the big 12 mm-hmm. Just, it's old and decrepit and it's functional as our wonderful school president says so yeah, but that's the one thing, like obviously you mentioned there's, you know, this upcoming season of the Pac-Twelve, but how they how they figure out their divisions or the pods, I'm really interested to see how that plays out.
1: For sure. Yeah, that should be interesting. I, I've just like I said, that's the 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 strangest part is there's all this, this um coverage and all this fanfare to an extent about the the move and the realignment and all of this stuff, but it's like college football, except for, you know, Oklahoma and Texas moving to the SEC and then USC and UCLA moving to the Big Ten is going to look exactly the same this year. You know what I'm saying? So, like, all of this stuff that's going on, we're still a year out from that taking effect. So, it's like you're getting excited, but you're also like, okay, this isn't really happening that soon.
0: No, I know, but it's it's still just – it, it, there's just so many tentacles to it i guess that's kind of my
1: and i'm just impatient that's probably what it is yeah i feel that
0: and like i guess i meant i mentioned the recruiting in texas which it's going to help with that but we're also like us in arizona you know we're the closest to southern california as well and look usc and ucla can't get every kid that wants to say in the you know southern california region and ASU and U of A might be the next best options for that. So I think that's a good, that's a good thing as well. Like you can sell like, Hey, yeah, we're not in the big 10, but it's, you're still playing high level power football. And you also won't be that far away from, you know, Rancho Cucamonga or wh- wherever you grew up in Southern California. So like, that's kind of the, you, you you kind of get the best of both worlds with that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I was just looking at the 2024 schedule for the college football playoff because I mean, naturally, talking about ASU, you immediately go to any sort of... Uh, High-level high access.
0: Right? success. Exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. Um, this actually looks really cool. I haven't ever looked into the new format that's happening in 2024 with, like, the first round being on campuses, and then after that, it's, like, every yeah. Power 5 bowl game or, or New Year's... New yeah, Year's that game. They're I mean.
0: kinda, yeah, they're converting those. It, well, it's the thing great is, great. what's... What's going to be interesting in the future is how many automatic bids they have, because when they made the playoff, it was six automatic bids, thinking that there would be a Pac-12, a.k.a. a fifth power conference. And then you have one for the group of five. And so maybe they'll just uh, cut it down to five automatic bids. So that'll be interesting. I think I think for the big 12 and the 12 team playoff, the goal should be obviously you're going to get one team in. That's the champion. The goal should be to get two teams in. I think if the Big Twelve has like I think it, and I think it can happen too, so we'll see. I mean, right. I mean it's interesting to see how that
1: happens. Um, Wait, so what are the automatic bids? Have have they already decided what it was before all the realignment?
0: Yeah. So they what it was, it was six automatic bids, and the top four get a first round buy, and then it was six. The reason why they had it at six automatic bids. Was because there was five Power Five conferences, and then they had a, the sixth for whoever wins the Sun Belt or the Mountain West, whoever the best team out of that level is, like kind but, of at
1: large in the next right. year of division. And then yeah, and then the, yeah, and then the next six are at large.
0: Um, and but that but the thing is that was only for the first two years, so that's why people are saying like oh like if Washington State like Washington State and Oregon State like if if they are in the Mountain West like they could make the playoff in the first two years of it because they'll be able to dominate that conference, um,
1: you know, theoretically early on. Yeah. So, you know, it, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. It's,
0: you know, as messed up as all of this college football, you know, business stuff is because like, this is basically just happening because it's what the TV networks want to happen. Um, yeah. ASU at least like it, it didn't screw us as much as it screwed other people, even though our, Old conferences destroyed.
1: Yeah, it looks like the championship game is so much later now too. Yeah, like the semifinals happen when the championship would have happened. Right, right. So I, I mean, think so. Yeah, I mean, I'm not looking at it. Yeah, it looks like Monday, January twentieth. So it's like college football national championship, and then you got the Super Bowl in like two weeks. Right. Two or three, whatever. But. Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. That was kind of a tangent, but I was just looking through it because, again, thinking ASU, I immediately go to um, success in athletics because that's what we're known for. That's right.
0: That's right.
1: Well, yeah,
0: so Big 12 fans, I think if you could tell by this, uh, (laughs) the tone of our conversation so far that we kind of feel the same way you all do about uh, Mike and Michael Crow and Ray Anderson, so. That's where we're at right now in Sun Devil Land um and hopefully hopefully Ray Anderson does make a trip up to Morgantown once that would be I'm sure he'll get a warm welcome.
1: Yeah, that'll be that'll get a ton of coverage.
0: Yeah. All right, well, moving on to some actual on the field or just current stuff with ASU football. Right now they're up at Camp Tonazona. Uh, I think they're going to be up there for the weekend, so it's always cool when ASU gets to do that, you know, it's, I think I mentioned on this show, like, it's one of our few actual, like, traditions, um, and there is kind of a team bonding element up there, and, you know, they have bad cell service, and, you know, it's a lot of time, you know, like, it's, it might be the first time for a lot of these guys that they've gone camping, and, you know, it, it does look like a fun experience from the outside, so they're up there doing that. Uh, right now, uh, but they will do it without two of the players they started training camp with because on uh, on Monday, ASU dismissed linebacker Juwan Mitchell from the team after what was described as an incident on the practice that previous Saturday, uh, and they also kicked off cornerback Isaiah Johnson um from the team. So Dillingham is definitely, you know, one thing I was worried about when we hired Dillingham was like, is he gonna be like a head coach that's like trying to be buddy buddy with these these guys? And that's clearly not the case. Like he's being he's a hard ass football coach,
1: you know. Absolutely. That's what he has to be too in in terms of I mean all he's talked about ad nauseum with with um all of the coverage that's come out about these, these two releases is uh, maintaining, not only establishing a culture, but maintaining that culture and showing people that he's serious about it, which is what um, some of the returners were talking about. I think Jalen Conyers was somebody who was quoted uh, talking about how, you know, it's so much different, right? He he's, he's about it. Like he says, what he, he, he's, sort of putting into action everything that he's saying he's not just saying it right um so it, it's establishing that culture and in the very beginning you kind of have to be hardcore about it right um not saying he'll, he'll ease up or whatever but like establishing that culture is, is so important and it looks like he's he's taking that extremely seriously obviously um these these two releases support that especially the release of um the, the Tennessee guy, what's his name? Mitchell, Juwan Mitchell, yeah. Juwan Mitchell, right, who played a ton at Tennessee last year and was supposed to be somebody who was going to contribute on this defense. He like, started, yeah. It, right, right. It kind of shows you that nobody is above that. Um, right. He talked about there's so many good football players and you can find good football players, but what's more important is generally being a, a good person. And I don't know, I don't know too many details about what happened to lead to his dismissal. Um, but hey, if it if it was something that Dillingham felt he need to do needed to do to maintain um, that culture and, and and continue establishing that culture, then it's what he had to do. You know, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And hopefully, that that sends a message. It seems to have sent a message.
0: Yeah. Well, and he transferred pretty late in the process too. So he's been here like what, like three months, two and a half months, mm-hmm. and already got kicked off. Like. And clearly, when if it's described as a incident at practice, I mean, that's that's probably pretty bad. <laughs> like yeah, got, like fighting with a coach, or I mean, again, that's pe- speculation by me. but like it it wasn't just like some minor offense, you know, from what right. it looks like. And, yeah, with Mitchell, like he linebacker is not quite as much of a strong spot on ASU's roster compared to Corner. You know, I think, I think at corner we actually should be set up pretty well uh, with Roe Torrance, Jordan Clark, Edwards, Mason Williams. You got you got guys that have um, performed and played well, so losing Isaiah Johnson isn't like that big of a deal. Obviously, I mean, obviously, you'd rather have no one get kicked off, but they, they didn't get kicked off for no reason either. So
1: definitely, and I mean, it's it's less about I don't know. It's less to me. The story is setting that tone and doing it so early on. Right. Like yeah. not, not playing around, not trying to win them over when, when everybody over recognizing, like right. it's more important to establish this than try to be everybody's friend. Right. So. Right. Well, and
0: Colton, I mean, you and I both played, you know, low level high school football, but this isn't like. un. Speak for un- yourself.
1: I made it to JV. Oh, yeah. So did I. Okay.
0: Um, but. But my what my point is, this is, like, this these aren't, like, unreasonable expectations. Like, with football, like, you have to be on time. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things in life where, like, they say you need to be on time, but really you don't actually need to be on time. Football, like, you need to be on time. like
1: Wait, give me an example of something where they tell you you need to be on time, but you don't really need to be on time.
0: Uh, I don't know, like, going to the dentist office or something or, like.
1: <laughs> there's a, a lot a of things. feel like, like you probably still need to be on time, right?
0: Well, yeah, but, like. What are they going to do? I guess my point is, like, what are they going to do if you're not on time? They're still going to schedule you if you're, like, two minutes late. Like, they're still going to – yeah, that's my point. But if you're consistently two minutes – like, if you're two minutes late to school often, like, yeah, you may get, like, detention at some point. But, like, they're not going to kick you out of school. The, yeah. So, But, like, it. with football, like, yes, like, you 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 have to be on time. Like, it's just how it is. And – the thing with, I mean, obviously with football, like you need to have all everyone moving in coordination, you know, to have a successful play. And so as we saw with the Herm Edwards era, like having just no discipline and just having everything be loosey goosey that doesn't work out. And so that's why, like, I'm glad that Dillingham is, he's just acting like a normal football coach, honestly. Like, even though he, he's closer to, you know, he's, 32 years old he's not acting like nathaniel hackett last year you know
1: right no that's a good point man Is like you you do need that structure and um it, it's interesting because we've kind of had both ends of you know we had the 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 old coach who's been out of coaching for 20 years and now we have the the youngest coach and in, in power five and it seems like the youngest coach in power five is is placing more of an emphasis on discipline than the the former NFL player who coached at the NFL level and the college level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is, which is interesting. Um, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully all of this stuff with, with culture and discipline and, and, um emphasizing the little things like showing up on time and and, and that sort of thing, hopefully that translates to the field. And we see significantly fewer um lapses in in discipline or concentration yeah. or all of these things right i mean you referenced the 2021 season a couple episodes ago and like just thinking back to that yeah. season you yeah. can already think of like three or four instances where yeah. they have another win the BYU game the they BYU game they didn't practice crowd noise clearly like i just don't or, i mean even like yeah that i i think back to that uh, merlin robertson fumble yeah, return was yeah. where he's about the score and just kind of like loose with the i i get that you're running with the ball that could be completely yeah. different but like i don't know i get your point yeah it, it's just little stuff like that i i don't know if that happens on a team where emphasizing little things is like i, I feel like you're more cerebral in that moment maybe i yeah. don't know and maybe i'm wrong but
0: well and it's I, like Like, Todd Graham, like, look, there's a lot of criticisms of Todd Graham, specifically the end of his tenure at ASU. And, look, Todd Graham behind the scenes seemed like a huge jerk. Like, and that's kind of what he was. But, like, as being, like, you know, running a tight ship, they those ASU teams didn't really have that many penalties. And I'm not advocating for, you know, Dillingham to be like Todd Graham behind the scenes. Like, I don't think that's a good idea either. But, like, that doesn't mean you – put up with BS from your players, you know? So hopefully, you know, I think he can find that happy medium.
1: Definitely. Um, and I think that's, yeah. that's a successful coach. If you can find that. that yeah. Knowledge. So yeah, they're up at
0: can't right now. And it, you know, they're ha- the, everything we've seen out of the quarterback competition between Pine and Borgay is seems, you know, really close. Um, it, it it does seem like Pine has kind of made some improvements, um, and so I'm interested to to see if he can he can wrestle that job away from Bourget. Um, we'll see how that goes. You know, it's it's tough to tell. I mean, not look, we're not at practice or anything, and so like I can only judge on what I see on Twitter and what I read. But it seems like it's a pretty close competition. And the the good thing, in my opinion, is. If one of those top two guys does go down and get injured, then you can put in the next guy and it'd be like, okay, like it's not like like with some college backup quarterbacks, like they're just complete disasters where you know that that's not going to be the case if that happens at ASU.
1: 100 percent. You're covered either way. Whoever whoever doesn't win this job, if, if they do end up needing to play this, this offense probably won't go off the rails. Relative to, you know, whatever it is with the other guy. Right. Right. Like
0: they're going to come in and be like, OK, at least yeah. which sometimes all you need is an OK quarterback to win some games. You know, a
1: high a high floor backup is right. incredibly important. As you would know, you're an Eagles fan. <laughs> I, I, that was that was the highest floor, a, a significantly higher floor than I ever thought possible. Yeah, I I will be honest with you. When I got the notification that Carson Wentz tore his ACL, I cried. dude, that was you. That was every Eagles fan. Like, because it was like, yes, yeah. dude, we we just clinched the number one seed in the NFC. The, right. the road goes through the link, and now Wentz's ACL is gone. We're right. not going to win the Super Bowl. Um, and then the the greatest backup quarterback in NFL history uh i i guess aside from from Tom Brady but well you, you get yeah i mean yeah you get the point the the greatest guy who was signed to be a backup quarterback right. in NFL history won us the super bowl that's i'll always go off on that tangent i don't care how i get there i i love talking about it and yeah. then you get the best one of the best super bowls played by a quarterback in the last probably i mean since foals and you still lose so that's how it happens oh last year yeah yeah with with hurts I mean dude I was watching the hall of fame game and um uh Collinsworth is like did you think Jalen Hurts was gonna win that MVP and like it picked the scab off again like I'm finally I truly could not look at anything football related for probably three months
0: well also like I don't want to be that guy but like he did have the fumble. Like, they're not going to give him the end anyway. Don't like, do
1: it. Don't especially don't do, when no. Mahomes
0: is in that game as well. All right. Well, anyway, let's
1: let's shift it back Stop. to ASU.
0: Hey, you're the one who brought you're the one who brought brought all this up. You, just,
1: like, no, no, no. I'm talking about the importance of a high floor backup. And you're like, you should know you're an Eagles fan. What was I gonna do? Not talk about it?
0: My bad for reminding you about the Super Bowl championship you guys did win. My the bad. good
1: times, but then yeah. you know, my mind immediately goes to the the desolation of six months ago. Yeah. Well, anyway, speaking
0: fault. of speaking of bad football things, uh, the NCAA and its dying you know dying breath is still screwing over players, and that's what it, that's what happened uh, this Thursday when. The NCAA denied ASU receiver transfer Jake Smith eligibility for this upcoming season. The official reasoning is because uh, the NCAA's ruling happened because this is Smith's third school he's transferred to before graduation. But there was also a thing where he had to transfer from USC Uh, because he was declared a medical non-counter at USC due to a foot injury in 2021. So he was kind of – he wouldn't have been able to play at USC anyway. But all the details, like, don't really matter. It's just kind of – it's just bullshit that this is happening to him. Like, he's had all all these injuries and, like, he's trying to play and just the NCAA comes in and says, oh, actually, because of these bylaws in Section 14B-86 in our – documents I can find think of a better word
1: well, but bylaws would probably have worked
0: bylaws you know I'm, I'm i'm somewhat an expert in bird law colton so i i i know the words of the law uh but anyway my point is that some stupid antiquated rule, yeah some dumb rule is keeping jake smith out this year and that sucks
1: yeah no i agree i i mean based on the reporting it's it it what I read was that he had to transfer from USC to be able to play again. Yes. But transferring from USC also he, there was no way he was going to be able to play football. Yeah, it's
0: just <laughs> like
1: based on based on the NCAA's ruling, what was he supposed to do?
0: It's just I mean, maybe they can get it overturned or something before this season, but it's just dumb. And I you know, I don't think it has a material like some huge impact on ASU this year because like we talked about it, like wide receiver is like their strength of the team, like that and tight ends. Um, So in the end, like from a, you know, wins and losses standpoint, it's not that big of a deal most likely, but just from a humanity standpoint, it's awful. Like why, why does this have, why, like, why do you have to be so strict about this? There's no, you're not strict about anything else. Now you just have NIL is just you know, there's no rules. Now there was a ton of rules and then there were there's literally no rules now. And so it's like, Oh, but you can crack down on this.
1: Yeah. It seems incredibly unfair. I hope there's something they can do to get it reversed. I don't know. It seemed did it, did I read that the appeal was denied? Uh, that's something I, that didn't I read. That. Okay. Hopefully I didn't read that. Cause that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, hopefully they can get this un- overturned. It seems incredibly unfair. It's, it's a kid stuck between, like, it's a lose-lose situation for a kid who just wants to play football in his hometown, no less, right? Right. Like, right. Yeah. He wants to come home and play football, and he can't do that. And it's the the USC element to this, the the fact that he had to transfer to be able to play again is is the real kicker for me here.
0: Yeah. So maybe like me, may, I didn't see any appeal in the. This story is on arizonasports.com. Um, I didn't see a mention of an appeal, so maybe they will appeal and he can get that reversed maybe. So we'll see. But it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's its not right that they're just like selectively enforcing things.
1: So, Definitely. Yeah. Uh, he elected to do so in January just month. Which made him vulnerable. Oh, okay. So he did so in January, even though he hadn't earned an undergraduate degree. It's so just, I, it seems like that's the. It's
0: just the whole. It's just the dumb. Like, oh, you gotta be a student athlete. It's like no one gives a. Like, why do we care that he hasn't completed a biology class or something that hasn't.
1: Yeah. Like. No, it's it's, just, it's a good point. I I agree. I don't know. It's it's a ridiculous. A ridiculous ruling hopefully something can be done but yeah we'll see it just
0: sucks there's no it just it just sucks so uh, anything else you got in your mind about our favorite athletic program our college athletic program colton oh
1: nothing too much it's never a dull moment um i look forward to burning even more bridges with our our new big 12 counterparts in the coming year um We'll have no friends by the time we get there, and I'd have it no other way. It's us against the world. There we go. That's straight from our
0: athletic department. No friends in the Big 12. All right. Uh, If you're actually a Big 12 fan, thank you for watching. Uh, We're happy to be in the conference. And, yeah, you know, please like and subscribe on YouTube, rate and review on your podcast app of choice. And, as always, go Devils.